Welcome to the Chabad Around the World podcast. My name is Mandy Bressinger, and I'll be your host, taking you on an adventure every single week. Together, we'll fly out to remote places around the world to meet up with the Chabad emissaries, hear about their stories, their daily activities, and the inspiration that keeps them going on a daily basis. Very excited to welcome aboard our next stop on the Zooming Around the World. And I think this is extra exciting because I get to introduce him. Everyone's following. Everyone's listen to this. This is, this Rabbi Zalman is my wife's brother's wife's brother. Everyone get that? I'm going to test you at the end. This is my wife's brother's wife's brother. So it's very exciting. We're not related, but you get the point. Uh, we share... <laughs> We share a family. Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Zalman is the Chabad rabbi, a Chabad rabbi, a Chabad representative to Philadelphia, one of the many, but he has a very unique place, and we're going to hear all about that, um, and how he serves the Jewish community in the very historic commu- uh, uh, area of the old city of Montreal. So, uh, sorry, the old city of Philadelphia. So without further ado, Rabbi Zalman, I'm going to ask to unmute. Welcome aboard to the Chabad Zichr Kedoshim, Zooming Around the World Mitzvah Society. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. All righty. Rabbi Zalman, if, first, if we can get to know you a little bit before we get to know your area and what you do, if you could tell us a little bit about your, your life, your past, so we get to know you a little more. Um. Born and raised in a small little town, small little um, community called Crown Heights. It's in Brooklyn, New York. Many might have not heard of it, but uh, uh, just kidding. But um, so born and raised in Brooklyn, Crown Heights, 770, all my life. Um, Ended up in in South Africa for a year after Yeshiva, where they send you to kind of sort of be an older brother mentor to the high school students there. Ended up in China for two years um, helping rabbis there and overseeing kosher. Ended up traveling the world and the country with um, a Jewish singer and kind of being his right-hand man. So visiting all the Chabad houses around the world and helping him with his assistance. And then ended up marrying a, a Philadelphian and getting grounded here in Philadelphia at our beautiful um as we call our destiny, where we felt we're destined to continue our mission in life. Beautiful. Wow. So you've really been around the world and perhaps many of the places that we zoomed out to, you've been there. That's incredible. If we could take a a stop in some of those places just before we get to Philadelphia, uh, you mentioned that you were in South Africa. That's one place that we've never visited yet. Uh, And then you went to China for two years. Tell us more about that experience. It sounds like it's something which is quite uh, quite the uh, experience was shared by the Chabad students. We hear that quite often that there's, you know, I, I was sent there for a year, sent there for a year. I did like, what exactly does that mean uh, in our system, if you will? Sure. So um, in growing up in Brooklyn and in many other Chabad schools, when you turn 20, sort of like your junior, senior year of college, sort of, sort of, you could say, in rabbinical college, you are, if you're a goody goody and you kept, you kept studying and you came on time and you, you know, you did what you needed to do, they 
place you in various schools around the world to sort of study there, be an older brother, a mentor to the younger students and teach there as well, most of the time. Friends of mine got sent to Sydney, Australia, to Melbourne, to Cincinnati, Ohio, um, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and um, to my all I'm not sure. But so that's where I spent a year helping out a, of the local Chabad High School, being there, sort of like a mentor, older brother, friend, teaching with six other fellows of mine, colleagues of mine. And it was a great experience. Um, they eat meat for breakfast and <laughs> just go on and on. If anybody's had a South African family or themselves in. Um, you sure it was I, breakfast time? It wasn't like uh, just a different timing? <laughs> um, yeah, they eat this bodavos and they eat these, um, they, they, they have the bride, you know, they, they uh, barbecue in the morning sometimes. And it's not just Purim and Simchas Torah here. So, um, so, so China ended up because a friend of mine um, um, knew that there was a, a kosher company in the middle of nowhere that they needed what they call a mashkiach, quality control, kosher quality control, a babysitter in the kitchen to oversee that everything is 100%. So I was there and I was helping assisting the local Chabad Shluchma around Asia, mostly China, um, throughout the different holidays. So I got to visit and see them. Incredible. Incredible. Um, Actually, for a year, um, I... I, 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 um, how it works is you get smicha, you become a rabbi. So we, um, we spent it in a place in Miami called the Ramado Marco Polo Hotel. And the basement is Chabad House, Rabbi Shayamar, in Golden Beach, Florida, and right in Miami. And that's where we spent a year. We entered from the front of the building, but if you entered from the back of the building, that was the beach. And I haven't seen the beach a year. We were intense. We were serious. We studied and we became rabbis. Wow. That was like the real test. The real test and you passed it and now you're a rabbi. Incredible. So you, you've, you're, you spent time, not just visiting, but you spent serious time in South Africa, in China, almost on a beach in Miami. And yet you end up in Philadelphia. Of course, you mentioned that your wife is from Philadelphia. What was the process to decide as you mentioned, that this was your destiny. This is your shlichut. This is where you're going to stay and mark, make the difference that you wanted to make the difference that you wanted to uh, in the world. Sure, sure. So um, I will start off with saying there's a quote. There's a quote. We say this in the blessings every day. And um, it's called Hamechin Mitzadei Gavard. Hashem prepares our steps. And there's a, there's a, 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 a verse in Psalms that says, From God, our man's steps established. And this is a quote I love. We all have a mission in life, and God guides us our footsteps so that we can fulfill that mission. And I, that's basically my mantra. I live by it. I strongly believe in it, that we're the place where you are. You were meant to be. There's no such a coincidence. In that time and place, you were meant to be, and now you have a mission. If your mission was accomplished, then you end up somewhere else. So I ended up in South Africa because maybe I had, you know, that maybe because God said, here's your footsteps. Here's where you need to be when you're 2021. 20, then you need to be here 2020, 2024. 20, so I guess, um, so not I guess, God now says, okay, your mission is here. Um, you want to know the, the, the basic, um, the basic organic way how that happened? Sure. Okay, so, so there's a big art walk, an art crawl, an art hop that happens here in this area where I am. It's a very historic district. Um, thousands and thousands, 
would you say hundreds of thousands come a year to Philadelphia to visit? Hundreds of, hundreds of thousands a year come to visit um, to, to Philadelphia to see the Liberty Belt, to see the Independence, to see all the rich history of America right here. Um, and so we're right in the heart of it. And it's sort of toward, uh, turned into this area sort of um, like uh, the mini Soho of New York or like sort of, I don't know what it is you could explain in Montreal, but high-end showrooms, boutiques, um, designers, and of course, galleries. So galleries are always trying to figure out what can we do to bring more people in, suburban people. Um, how do we get people just to keep, keep coming in the brick and mortar and look at the art? So they had an idea, they'll market themselves uh, something called first Friday of every month. The first Friday of every month, they market it very well. All the galleries in this area stay open late. Normally a gallery will close five, six um, PM. And they said, we'll stay open late. We'll have openings, we'll serve wine and cheese and we'll, we'll advertise and people will come in and be able to see our openings, our shows. So not just coming to one gallery and being the only person in, but you'll come and have like sort of a nice night out. And 30 years ago, they started and they're still going very strong now with it. They're celebrating the 30th anniversary. So about in 2003, 2004, the, the, one of the main Chabad rabbis here in town was walking the streets and said, what in the world's going on? This is like this mini festival, hundreds of people walking the streets, looking, walking into galleries, checking it out. And he felt he needed to have a Jewish presence here in, in this part of this art walk. And he had, he, had, he was like, you know, thinking, thinking, he's like, you know, how about we open the Old City Jewish Art Center, the gallery, an art gallery, a place where we, where I'm in right now. And we'll try it. We'll give it a try. And he opened the door on Friday night, the gallery, people coming into the galleries, they're looking around, and he stood there by the door. And the door opens, and it's a Friday afternoon. And when it comes sunset, he said, how about we'll make a kiddush? Everybody's, we're giving out free wine anyways. So he gets up on the table, and he makes a kiddush. And, and Everybody answers the main. He says, don't worry, you don't, um, you don't become Jewish by drinking the wine. Everybody laughs, laughs. have a little bite to eat, some brownies and some chicken soup and some sushi. And they walk into the next gallery. But he notices someone in the corner of the room in his 80s is getting very emotional and his tears are rolled down his eyes. So he goes over to him and he says, I didn't mean to did I say anything offensive. I didn't mean to, if I hurt your feelings, did I say something, I do something. He said, no, I just haven't heard Kiddush since my bar mitzvah, Rabbi. And it's beautiful that I just doing my art walk and I'm into art and I'm just crawling around and hopping here on a Friday night, randomly falling into this place that happens to be Jewish with a rabbi. When a rabbi hears that, a Chabad rabbi hears that, that's it, you're set. There's no trial. We're doing this next to next. And he stood there by the door throughout the evening and he counted. And when he got to a thousand people, a thousand heads walking through the door, he said, okay, mission accomplished. I think we're gonna to stick to this. <laughs> we're gonna do this. We're gonna make this work uh, financially. We're gonna strategically, we're gonna make it work. And over the years, the gallery was a wait, a place to go for Jewish art, Jewish artists to express their Jewish identity through their creativity and create a community around the art center. So it's not typical Chabad Rabbi on Friday night, instead of gathering the people to come to show, he's inviting them to come to an opening and have a Kiddush with them. Um, little do they know they're also having a Kiddush. When things wind down, I could stop, but you could stop me at any time you want to ask an independent question or just give me the background. This is fascinating. Please continue. So um, he said, how about at nine o'clock when things wind down, all the galleries and then they, people just end up in restaurants or in lounges or go home to eat dinner or whatever they do. How about we 
invite them to come back after they're doing their crawl, their hop in the galleries and stay for Shabbos dinner. So he got 70, tab 70 chairs, six, you know, the eight foot tables. And he got, he got the whole shebang, the chicken, the wine, the challah, the salads, the, the, the guacamole, the chips, and, and, you know, the benchers and everything. And 70 cheers wasn't enough. <laughs> people came and when he mentioned, now what you have to understand something, you're coming, it's a crawl. So people are constantly coming in and out. So he said, one second, the people before heard Kiddush and heard a blessing, but the new people need to hear it again. It's 20 minutes later. We need to pour out more wine and give them more Kiddush. He's like, oh, no, 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 I cannot be doing this after one night. I cannot be doing this next Friday. So he brought his son. He brought as volunteers and eventually everybody took part. Um, one of these first Fridays in the earlier years, I was visiting Friday night. And I walked in for, to, you know, who else is looking to go to Chabad for a Shabbos dinner? I walked in there and there was one extra seat in the whole room packed house that I was sitting across from a beautiful family. Little did I know that the single girl across from me will be my wife a few years later. So um, we met right there. I got to know the father-in-law, of course, first and the mother-in-law first, and then um, just said hi. And then they, they, we followed up and we stayed in touch as good family friends, just visiting that weekend. And then when it came time to officially date, as you know, we blind date. We don't, um, um, you know, it's, we, we don't date, you know, just for the heck of it. We just, you know, we date for marriage. And she said, um, what do you want to do? I said, what we're trained to do. We're trained to go out and be community builders, um, community organizers, shluchim, you know, um, Spread, spread the good word of Judaism and the Hasidus, of course. So, um, but he, she said, but you know what? You know, um, we met at this place and the rabbi is sort of like, you know, struggling how to keep it going, how to keep programming and he needs the professional development, yada, yada. How about we come when we get married? After we get married, how about we come and check the place out? So um, since we got married in January 11, 2011, We've been checking the place out, and finally in 2014, in fall 2014, right before Sukkot, we moved here, and we uh, established sort of a full-time presence, not just a one-time First Friday, but a full month-around um, way of connecting to people and build communities through this innovative, out-of-the-box approach, um, spreading Judaism through the arts. So that's sort of the story of the backbone of the place. Um, it has a great advantage that Jews and non-Jews alike come in because it's a storefront. So a lot of non-Jews walk in and they celebrate the sit down to Shabbos dinner and it brings together this multicultural um, mutual understanding between all faiths and all walks of life. So I haven't found any other place where there's rabbi on Friday night. Here you have the beautiful um, South African, you know, African-American uh, um, couple, nice Asian couple, the the the, the Jewish bubby to the bar mitzvah kid to the college kid, all sitting all in one in harmony, eating chicken soup and having chayims, listening to rabbi speak and, and clapping their hands to music, I mean, to, to a song. And it just, it's, it's, it's fascinating that they, they learn from the artist the, what they're inspired by. I didn't focus so much on the art, I focused more on the mission. If you want to talk about the art, we can talk about the art also as well. Absolutely. Just to say that that was one of the most out-of-the-box stories I've heard. It fits very well to the out-of-box approach that you've taken. And it sounds like it's, it's, it's fascinating to hear how, how you came to it. And Baruch Hashem, you've been there going strong and doing tremendous work. You, uh, we'd love to hear more about the art. It, you mentioned that you're actually in your art gallery. You're in the center right now. If, is there a possibility 
I don't want yes. to be on the spot. Can we get a little bit of a tour? Can we get walk yeah. around? So basically, I want to introduce you to our artist. Her name is Diana Meyer. She didn't know anything about it. She doesn't know anything about it. She happened, she's here today to greet visitors um, here in the art gallery. She, she's having her solo exhibition that she worked on over the past few years, especially during March, 2020. And um, we met right when I came here in, in fall 2014, her art was hanging from the previous exhibition that I didn't curate and just kind of been sitting there. So I said, how about I go over to her house and bring it over and we talk about her feedback and her experiences. And, and she's been showing here since, so this is the second, her second solo show. Um, and she's been, and been involved with the gallery. So I could actually give her the phone if you want. And she could, um, how do we turn around? Um, I don't know if you could turn around. Um, do we, could we turn around the, um, I think you turn around like that. There you go, you did it. Oh, beautiful. Okay, we get to see the art and welcome to the show. Diane, artist Diane, welcome, welcome. Oh, but now you're on mute. <laughs> oh, all righty. What a, a guest surprise. Hello, Diane. Thank you for joining Hi. us here. You're very me. welcome. I'm pleased to be having this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Incredible. Please, we're, so, we're so blessed to have you join us here. We are here in Montreal, and we're getting a tour of Chabad around the world. And wow. we are today in the old city, checking out the beautiful art center, the Jewish art center. So please share with us what you're doing there today and in general, how you came to find the art center. First of all, let me just say, I think this place is so unique and such a, an asset to the community. Um, it's not just about the art, it's about community and Chabad and uh, bringing people together. So I'm so thrilled to have been involved. And like I said, I was, I originally met uh, Rabbi Zash, um, after I had one piece in a group show, um, he was kind enough to come out. And um, I actually did some strategic planning for the board on the future and how this, uh, this community center could be used. So I, I've been involved and I just think this is such a wonderful place and I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, but I'll tell you a little bit about my show, which is, it's called um, Branching Out a celebration of trees. Uh, how do I then turn this around so he can um, see okay, this? Okay, so you'll speak and then you'll just um, zoom okay. like that. There, there you go. There okay, you go. so the show is about uh, branching out a celebration of trees and there's really two parts to that. And there's a second series too called SOS 2020. Um, so branching out a celebration of trees has the four seasons and it also has religious trees. I went into the Bible so I'm trying to both celebrate Tu B'Shvat um, with the various seasons. And here are the uh, four seasons that are prints. These are woodblock prints. And there is, uh, uh, sorry, this is fall. This one is spring. This one is winter. And this one is summer. So that's a series of four woodblocks that are all done with three different woodblocks in different configurations. Um, but then there are so many other things that have to do with just the seasons, um, such as these two hanging pieces. And that's called duality and winter. It shows the um, wind and the, the, the branches, empty branches in winter, as does this piece, which is photo transfers. Um, and there's layers and layers of photos that have been transferred to the board to create this um, interesting 
Um, see, I don't know if you can see well, but you can get the depth of the trees in winter. Okay, and there are the religious ones start with, oh, let me just show you one other thing, a, a quick grouping of um, reliefs that are also from each season. And these are small pieces, they're five by five or six by six. And you can see, for example, this is called bare bones and it's twigs with um, encaustic over them. And here's called a roll in the hay with sisal and twigs. So the idea was to take twigs and branches and branch out by using many different uh, materials with them. Here's a piece, for example, that's all acorn, uh, sorry, hickory shells. And this piece is all acorns. So the idea was to just take branches and natural things and just explore them with different materials and uh, different um, media. So you saw prints, sculptures, etc. The religious pieces um, were inspired by Tubishvat. And we have here, let's see if you can see the seven species. So each one of these little pieces, they're small, represents one of the seven species. These are the first two is wheat and barley, and they are the foundational ones. And then we have the fruits for pleasure, which is grapes, um, dates, figs, pomegranates, and olive oil. So again, they are uh, representations of each of those uh, parts of the the uh, foods that are celebrated uh, in Israel for Tu B'Shvat and of course here as well. Um, then the, the uh, religious pieces are, start with my favorite, <laughs> I have two favorites on, the, on these. This one is called the Tree of Knowledge of Good and Evil. And it has, it's made out of uh, plaster and branches and covered. And this is the apple. And each leaf, there are leaves on this, and each leaf you can see has a representation of either something evil or something good on each leaf. So it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And of course, when Adam and Eve ate from the tree against the, uh, being, uh, the prohibition of God of not to eat from it, they were then banished from the Garden of Eden. And this is... If I can show you, this is Eve fleeing the Garden of Eden. Fun, a fun piece, little whimsical fun piece. Above her is one of the first pieces I did in this series called Embryo, and it's made totally from vines. And over here is the Tree of Life, which is nine feet tall, goes from the floor to the ceiling, had they not eaten from the tree of good, uh, the, uh, tree of knowledge, then they would have lived immortally uh, uh, from the tree of life. Um, there are other things in the window. I don't know how interested you are here anymore. Oh, this, this, uh, here's, I do want to just show you the, uh, a few from this piece. This series is called SOS 2020, and all of these pieces were done during uh, the pandemic, and they're all multimedia with things that were already in my home, old, old, uh, old, um, sorry, 
old prints, old um, holographs, etc. For example, this one's called Closing In. And um, it's the first piece I did. And it was uh, express my feelings of fear and claustrophobia as the pandemic escalated and forced us to stay cloistered at home. And we have this piece, for example, which is called Sheltering in Place. It's an assemblage. And each, it's a box with little squares and each square represents a single family uh, so, uh, sitting at home, so in solid, isolating, sorry. And uh, we have teeth up here. <laughs> we have pieces from a chess set, etc. So that was kind of interesting. This one is called A House Divided Against Itself. Oops, I think we're done. Uh, I, th I think you got to go back. There you go. Yeah, we have you back. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Sorry, this is called a house divided against itself cannot stand. And it is a representation of the 2020 election and how divided this country has become. It's an old uh, puzzle, a wooden puzzle that I took each of the states on the puzzle and I painted them blue or red according to how they voted in the election. And uh, just to show how divided this country has become recently, unfortunately. Uh, to something more positive, we get to the best of times and the worst of times. And this one, again, talks about uh, there are people whose names are in red who are murdered by police. And there are heroes such as the Dalai Lama, Desmond Tutu, Golda Meir, Jermaine Greer, etc., which hopefully give us hope for the future. The, the heroes that there are positive, wonderful heroes of our time. And the last in that series is called Life Reimagined. It's another assemblage in the same piece, the same box as uh, the other one sheltering in place. And it just shows that we can once again cross between the boxes. There are bright colors, there's a map, but we can travel again. So this is a very positive hope for the future. Wow. Oh, one last thing. I just wanted to show you these because these were the last things I did and they are, um, very interesting. They are photo transfers over colors and over other things. Again, layered and layered to show the different trees and the different times of years. There's a series of four of those. This is called Metamorphosis. This one is Misty Morning. Photographs taken of trees early in the morning with a lot of mist. Um, this is from Africa, actually. It's called uh, African Morning. And so those, that's a different technique, again, using photo transfers over collages. Okay, that's a long thing. I don't know how much you wanted to hear. Incredible. Well, Diane, that, that is so rich. And thank you so much for that tour of uh, a live tour of your art and the art exhibition in general. Incredible how you were able to bring out Jewish themes and your own emotions as well into the art. And that's a, a beautiful taste of what's going on there. So thank you so, so much for sharing that with us. I think we I can find... Sorry. I was going to say I appreciate the opportunity to have the, to share my art and the, the beauty of this wonderful uh, community uh, center uh, with the folks in uh, Canada. <laughs> exactly. Now you went international. Look at that. Yes. <laughs>
Incredible. And uh, for those that would like to see more of your art and to see more about you, uh, there is on the website uh, that I wanted to share, I shared on the email um, on, on Rabbi Zash's website, that's uh, the J, let's see if I get this, the, the O-C-J-A-C, did I say? Yep. I got it right. O-C-J-A-C, that's Old City Jewish Art Center.org. Uh, you can check out more on uh, on on all the arts and specifically Diane's exhibition and all her different pieces that we got a, a live tour on. Uh, you can check it out there on the website as well on their Facebook page. So thank you again, Diane. Really appreciate thank that you. live tour. Very, very, very welcome. Thank you. And there Lots is of, a both a video and a catalog on the internet. On the internet, on the website. Great. Yes, on the great. website. All righty. Well, we always encourage our listeners and those that are viewing together with us here to go visit the places. And of course, when travel opens up more, we're coming. This is going to be one of the first places. This sounds fascinating right near the, you know, the bell, the Liberty Bell and all that historic stuff. We got our own Jewish art center with such fantastic Jewish art going, uh, going on in that beautiful, beautiful building. Looks like a very uh, modern and bright, beautiful uh, building. So what an incredible place! This is a Chabad center, but with a with a you know with a different uh, a different take. <laughs> uh, fantastic! So, Rabbi Zalman, if we could just go back a little bit to discussing, we got a, a pic, we got a very good picture of the art. You told us right. about the background, how you got there, and your shlichot. What else right. do you do you do uh, that as we you know branching out? You saw the art about branching out. What else do you do branching out of this center uh, to provide for the needs of the Jewish community or for the I guess the artists uh, that come through your place. What else uh, do you? Do, uh, what What does a regular day look like? What does a you know on the holidays look like? A Shabbat, Shabbat we heard about, but other things as well. Sure. Um, so so I'm going to give it over to, um, if I may, to um, um, Kevin Shapiro, who opens the gallery every day and closes the gallery. He's responsible for the gallery sitting, for keeping the doors open, for greeting the people. Um, I only have amazing feedback. They only feel warm and welcome. It's very knowledgeable about the Jewish Philadelphia. And he's going to tell you a little bit about and answer your question. And then I'll conclude with a little more information. Beautiful. Go ahead. Hello, Kevin. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Welcome to, welcome to our Kabbat Zichikudoshim Mitzvah Society. We zoom around the world on a weekly basis. And today we landed in Old City. And we're getting to see a, a beautiful art, uh, Jewish art center. Uh, that I understand you are very much involved with. Can you tell us a little, tell us a little bit about it and, and what you see on a daily basis goes on in this uh, Jewish art center? Well, it seems like when people are here either visiting or they're newly moved here, they come to us because a lot of people are intimidated about going to a shul. So they'll come here and they'll ask a million questions. Sometimes they turn into the Jewish uh, information center. And then I point them in the, in the direction of a shul, a synagogue, some kind of congregation, where they get kosher food, just uh, things of that nature. And on Fridays, we prepare and deliver Shabbos boxes, which is how I got here to begin with, because the, uh, the center was closed on Fridays over a year ago. The rabbi and Rebbitson would deliver the boxes, and I wasn't doing anything on Friday. Like most people, I was working from home. So I said, well, I could come and gallery sit. And then it turned into, can you come in on a Sunday? And then I started selling the art. And um, 
now I'm here all the time. I have a design studio here in the back. So while I'm working, I keep the gallery open. Amazing, amazing. Tell us a little, tell us a little bit more about, you mentioned people coming in and seeing this as the, the uh, Jewish information box. Uh, what, tell, give us an experience that happened recently, uh, a, lot, a, a real live experience that you've had as such. Well, we did have a Jewish Santa Claus come in from Europe. He was here in New York City going to a Santa convention and came down here to buy um, pieces for his costumes and stumbled in on us. So that was kind of fun. Um, I, didn't really, I didn't realize there were Jewish Santa Clauses, but I guess it's kind of like doing a mitzvah. Um, <laughs> other than that, we get people of, from all walks of life. The most popular question I get other than where is a shul is uh, where can we get kosher food? Unfortunately, we don't have a great selection here at the time, but actually another shliach is working on that. So maybe within a year, we will have a kosher restaurant, which would be wonderful. Um, most people who come in, they want me to know somehow that they're Jewish, but most of them will say, I know I'm not very religious. I haven't been to a synagogue in years. Uh, where is a good place to go? Fortunately, we're around the corner from a Sephardic congregation, and there are several Chabad houses within walking distance. So I'm able to guide people to wherever they should be. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Kevin, we are so grateful that you are part of this wonderful, th this mission of bringing, you know, making God real to every I single Jew. And very good to me. So I'm happy that I can give back and just follow the Rebbe's teachings. It makes me feel very good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that and all those stories. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good Thank work you. with that beautiful art center and all that you do there on a daily basis. Really incredible to hear about. Rabbi Zaman, this was an incredible stop on our Zooming Around the World. So grateful we got to just not just hear from the rabbi, which is usually the case. We got to hear from others as well and to see in such a, in such a beautiful way. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here. I do want to share. Uh, I did do a little preparation before coming on. Uh, I want to share on the screen just a bit more about uh, other activities. And maybe you could talk about that as well. And then I, I think we'll open up to questions uh, from, from the uh, Zoom if anybody has any questions to ask. So let me share the screen here. I see this I picked up from your Facebook. Uh, this was, I thought, a great picture. Is this you over here behind the mask? Yes. Yeah, so, so I, I, if I actually may, um, I was feeling very down and very depressed. Um, I don't know if that's the word for it, but a lack of, of expressing my feelings um, that normally every year you have so many people, it's, they all come out, they're inspired, they're touched, you inspire, you're, there's such warmth of the community at the public menorah lighting where we do around the corner at the Betsy Ross House, the founder of the American flag, uh, one of the main um, historic um, stops here in, in our district. And um, that year, March, 20, um, March um, uh, December 2020, they, the district said, we don't want to have in-person, even outdoors, even masks. We don't want to be associated with anything gathering. It will all be on Zoom. The TV stations will come, but, and, uh, you know, and we'll report. But I was feeling very, very down. 
after an event and I just uh, looking at the reporters and just me and my wife and a few other people, instead of the hundreds of people, we give up the latkes and the menorahs. I just got up and danced and give a dance. So that's me, <laughs> foot in the ear, hands of the thing, just giving a little dance, a little extra chizuk, as we call it, a little joy. And then they decided that um, I woke up the next morning to every person opening their door on the website, on their paper, um, the front page of the Daily News and the Philadelphia Inquirer, the main number one paper, um, that we have a miracle. The vaccine was just rolled out the first night of Hanukkah. And they kind of combined it with me dancing at the menorah. So it gave me a great, it, it changed my whole attitude on shlichut and then just life in general is how you think you're not accomplishing. You shouldn't feel down here. God had other plans that now, instead of just a few hundred people will come in person, now you're at every person on their doorstep uh, spreading the light of the warmth of Hanukkah and the message. What an incredible message. What a beautiful story. And, and so apropos for the times that we're in, tell us a little bit, you did mention about the historic place that you lit the menorah here. I'm going to run through a few of the pictures on your Facebook, but while we're going through those pictures, if you don't mind sharing with us a little bit about the history, sure. just for those that are not sure. familiar so much, and then we'll move on to the questions. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's the menorah. Um, that's us at the, um, lighting the menorah. Um, so yeah, we try to, um, we, what the idea of the, of the art center is trying to infuse Judaism so, through the art. So when people will walk into, the, into an exhibit, so they wouldn't necessarily know what they're coming, they just walk into an art gallery, they'll come and celebrate Tu B'Shvat unknowingly, unconsciously. And then all of a sudden they're like, what? I heard about Tu B'Shvat, they, or they haven't. And they learn about it. So we quote, um, put up, we extract, we learn different ideas in Judaism and Hasidut and Chabad about the holiday. We extract it into English, make it down to earth, sort of meditations, affirmations, uh, quotes. Um, some we, of course, we take Chabad.org, Free Freeman is amazing. And we put it along the exhibit along the wall. So when people come in, someday they say, Rabbi, I didn't really care for the art this month, but the message is exactly what I needed to hear. And then it warms my heart and I, sell my, I, I pat myself on the back and say, mission accomplished. Um, another person come in, came in up for Hanukkah. He read all the Hanukkah messages about light. Um, and he didn't really care for an art, but he said, wow, I never saw Hanukkah in that spiritual sense. I thought it was just, you know, flipping a latke and lighting a candle or something. I didn't know what the spiritual powers and all those meditations and quotes. So really infuses, um, and that's how sort of we infuse the exhibit with Judaism, because not necessarily the art or the artists are straightforwardly Jewish, but it's more the subtle messages that we, we merge together um, sort of what seems the two opposite worlds of an art gallery, art where it's cold, where it's, you know, ego, you know, independent, it's creativity, nothing necessarily in godly infused. And we try to bring that and bridge that together. Incredible. Wow, what a beautiful way to bring Jewish people closer to their inheritance, to their heritage. Uh, I'll share the screen one more time with the website that I saw, a beautiful Old City Jewish Art Center. I know you, you mentioned to me it's under construction, but even with... Yeah. With that, it's still a beautiful um, place. Everyone can look up Old City. It's uh, OCJAC, Old City Jewish Art Center.org. And uh, you have here the exhibitions, the events, blog. And one thing that really caught my eyes is what you just mentioned is this uh, weekly, or, or perhaps, yeah, it sounds like a weekly thing, the Arch Moves with Rabbi Zash. 
yes, uh, so- delve into the mystical meaning behind the artwork of the current exhibition with Rabbi Zash. So I thought that was a brilliant idea where you're taking the art, which that's what pe- people are coming to the art gallery for, and you're, you're finding the mystical meaning behind it and sharing it with, and that's t- teaching Torah in, a, in the most beautiful way. So incredible, incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And, and to your community as well, much blessings. Uh, what a great way to, uh, for your community to get together and, and such great, um, everybody participating here in the Zoom and in the past um, to get together on a Sunday morning, you know, in person on Zoom and to be able to bond like this is such a special creative way. And I give you much blessings to bounce right back at you to your community. And uh, you guys have a great rabbi. I'm not biased just because he married my wife or someone think like that. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Amen to those blessings. Let's get to the questions here on the chat. Uh, if there's any questions on the chat and if anybody wants to ask a question to the rabbi of the art gallery, uh, we have here, um, oh, looks like things were pretty clear. No questions on the chat. Anybody here want to ask a question from Rabbi Zash? Just to make it clear, Rabbi Zalman Shimon uh, turned into Rabbi Zash. That's the the uh, Zalman this, Shimon. All right. Yeah, and this was in the bo- on the bo- in the bowling alley on the computer. Z A S H Z S W. So sort of torn into my nickname. Am I? <laughs> yeah, but Zalman Shimon was the first um, was Chabad Rabbi in Crown Heights. And when he passed away a year before I was born, tonight is my birthday, Chaf Shvat, I turned 36. And he was born right before then. He knew he passed away a little before then. My father was his, sort of his shamish, his gabbai, and helped um, with the Jewish rulings when people needed, a lot of people chronic didn't speak Yiddish and he only spoke Yiddish. So he used to call my father over and ask him questions to translate. And he sort of got his shimush, his studying for learning the Jewish law from him. So when he passed away, he felt he lost a, a father. So he named him after me to give tribute to who I'm named after, Zalman Shimon. Zalman Shimon Varkin, the rabbi, yeah. one of the great rabbi, Hasidic rabbis in Crown Heights. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Wow. So that's a, that's a happy birthday. Happy birthday Thank coming you. up tonight. That Just to mention, Rabbi Zalman or Rabbi Zash's uh, father is the uh, le- is the Rosh- is one of the Rosh Yeshivas, one of the leading figures in a, a very special yeshiva in Crown Heights called Hadar HaTorah. Perhaps some of us may have heard it. It's the first Baal Tshuva Yeshiva uh, in America, I believe. And it's uh, an incredible honor to see the next generation bring Torah to Jews in even more modern ways than your father probably ever dreamt of, that, uh, that, he, that he would bring uh, Judaism to those that were looking for it. Now you're doing the same thing in your own way. And what an incredible job it looks like. So, Kalakavod. Anybody have any questions for Rabbi Zalman before we sign off today? Looks like things were pretty clear, Rabbi Zalman. So thank you so much for joining us here today. Uh, we have your website if anybody wants to contact Rabbi Zalman or to check out more on his uh, art center. You can look up on ocjac.org, ocjac.org. Also social media. A lot of these days people connect now with social media on Facebook and Instagram and all that good stuff. Right. Also social media. We, ha- oh, we have a question that came in. Neil is asking, uh, Rabbi Zalman, if we have an extra minute here, about kosher food. Uh, we did hear from Kevin uh, that it's, uh, it's, it's a difficulty in Philadelphia. And that's a little surprising to hear about uh, difficulty in getting kosher food. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, he, he, um, Kevin, Kevin heard a, hit, um, hit a raw nerve over there. The city actually is not, is not necessarily orthodox, so per se, you know, has some big reform temples, conservative, very Jewish. 
thousands and thousands of Jewish, very Jewish oriented, um, mezuzahs all over. But in terms of like Jew, like kosher specifically markets or marketplaces that have kosher products, it's it's to the bare minimum. It's getting a little better. You have to drive out, even though it's just a 15, 20 minute drive to the burbs to get um, to go to a kosher market or 25 minutes to a full um, full stock kosher independently owned, but there isn't any really um, proper, proper per se, and that's changing over time. But um, like if you just want to right now, a good schmear lox and bagels on a Sunday morning, you will have to drive 25 minutes from where I am at least in the city. So yes, the city is very infused with Judaism and its history and culture, but in terms of food, um, it's a little more harder to find. You have to know where to look and how to look, but, and of course your kosher standards. But um, personally, for me, I have to go get my schmear 25 minutes away. And, and, but we understand, we understood from Kevin that that's changing. Um, yes, and it's yeah, changing. slowly changing. I mean, slowly some, changing. Of the, some of the grocery stores here, like one place I can get Meal Mart, another place I can get Empire. I go to about six different places to get things. So if it's something specific that I need or something someone's looking for, I can tell you exactly where to go get it. There you go. All right. So now you are the Jewish uh, information uh, center. I told you. <laughs> now, you, here we go. So when next time we visit Philadelphia, the old city, it's again, it has so much history and so much, uh, so many tourists, tourists that come there, you know exactly where to find your Jewish information center. Uh, and what a welcoming and warm place it looks to be. Thank you so much, Rabbi Zash. Thank you, Kevin. And thanks to Diane for sharing with us today. What an incredible stop on our zooming around the world. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Have a Thank wonderful, so wonderful much. week. Hatzlach Rabba. All the best. Thank good you. luck in Philadelphia. Keep up the yeah, good you work. You too as well, to your special community as well. Be blessed. Amen, okay. amen. Thank you so much. Good all too. the very Thank best. You. And to all us here in joining us on the Zooming around the world, look out for your emails next week, please, God. We hope to be, again, traveling out there. So at 11.30 a.m., more information coming. Uh, but look out in your emails. Thanks so much for being here today. What a wonderful place. It brought me a lot of joy. I know, it was very exciting. <laughs> what a wonderful way to bring Judaism to the Jewish people in Philadelphia and beyond. I thought the story of Kiddush was a great story. May encourage us, inspire us to get more into the Kiddush. Uh, Friday nights, making Kiddush a beautiful mitzvah uh, that we can do by ourselves, even without a shul. And uh, if we do it, let's reach out to others, help others, show them how to do it. Uh, making Kiddush Friday night. No strings attached. It's a beautiful mitzvah right there. So we got our mitzvah as well. We zoomed into our mitzvah in Philadelphia. Have a wonderful week, everybody. See you next week. Please, God, all the very best. <laughs>